They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Welcome along to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. I'm Ian Shepherd, and I've got with me tonight Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Gents, a very happy new year to you and a very happy new year to all of our listeners. The first thing I want to talk about, uh, last week the T20 and Royal London One Day Cup fixtures were released. Uh, we still haven't got the second batch of championship fixtures to take place in September. But, gents, what do we think of the fixtures that have come out and more specifically how they are scheduled? Um, well, the September Championship fixtures depends what happens in the first series of championship matches because the top two will... Yes. Or the top, however many it is, top six will play off um, and then the, the middle six and then the... the <coughs> and and from that will emerge then the, uh, the finals who will play... County Championship final and then a Bobbis final. So I thought I thought they would have released the, the schedule though, the actual blocks of days that they would have mm. they would have been played. We, we, know, we do know them. They yeah, were released yeah, when the I looked today and they weren't they weren't out. They just said When the county championship fixtures the when the first ten rounds were released, they did release the dates for the, the last four as well. That's right. First one starts on I think it's September the first or August the third. No, August the thirtieth, is it? Mm, that's right. I think it was the last couple of days of August. Yeah, oh, August thirtieth, and then and then every week then through September. I, I, my, inter my internet searching skills must be uh, must be deserting me, guys. It was on the original announcement from the ECB. I don't think it. I don't think Somerset actually put it up for some reason. Okay. Hopefully they'll be in the um, in the top group for the playoffs. Oh, we'd hope so. Um, definitely yeah. considering the group that we've got. So I'm looking at these T20 fixtures. So we start our 2020 campaign at home to Essex on the 9th of June. And then we've got the obligatory championship game in the middle of the, uh, or two championship games in the middle of the T20s for some crazy reason. And, and then the group stages of the T20s finish on the 18th of July, where we're home to the Gloucesters. That's a Sunday. But I can see two blank weekends in there. 12th and 13th, Saturday and Sunday in June, no cricket. 26th and 27th yeah. of June, no cricket. Book ended by a game on the Friday and a game on the Monday. I know the Friday nights are great, but why are these games not mm. being played on the weekends? Yeah, there must be a reason. Um, maybe Kent, maybe like, for example, if there's a game against Kent on the Monday, maybe they're playing on the Sunday against someone else or something. But it is odd. When you look at other counties as well, I, there seems to be games missing at weekends. Um, it's not really explainable, is it? I don't Probably think. Probably down to television. Whatever they Probably. Want. More explainable than your bet now, though, Ian. The Royal <laughs> London final being on a Thursday. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Well, I do know why that is, because I bet you any money you like, they've not released the 100 fixes yet, I bet you any money you like that that 100 final is on the Saturday, August the 21st, the Saturday after the Royal London one-day final. Yeah. Because I don't blame them for doing that. Because, well, if, if you're going to have the 100, clearly they used to be going to put the 100 on a, on a weekend. I don't blame them for that. 
I don't like the hundred, but if they're going to do it, then obviously you're going to have it on a weekend because it's a big, it's their big showpiece. Um, I think to have the Wonder Cup final on a weekend would require the whole schedule to be redone. So I don't think there's really a slot for it. Um, but if the schedule that you've got doesn't allow the Wonder Cup final to be on a weekend, then clearly it's inadequate because the Wonder Cup final is a historic event going back years. It's always been played on a weekend. And to move it to a weekday is just intentional degrading of it, isn't it, really? And that's what the ECB... Yeah, that's exactly right, Dan. It's another way of devaluing the competition, if they haven't done enough to it. Uh, along with the losing... Uh, along with the putting it to Trent Bridge instead of Lords. Yeah. And it's not just that either. It's two days after the semi-final. The semi-final is on the Tuesday. The final is on the Thursday. How are you... How but, are you gonna remember but, 2019, Ian? We went to Worcester on the Friday, had to go to Nottingham on the Sunday. So it was, and I don't think we qualified until the Tuesday evening when we beat Surrey in a floodlit game at Taunton. Yeah, but my memory fact, serves me correctly. So we had 48 hours as fans, and Gibbo had 48 hours to put I petrol mean, in his tank. It wasn't that bad. We, we, it we was when we beat it was a, it, Trent Bridge. That yeah, was, that was the semi. And then the, but the that final. was on the Sunday. That was on the Sunday, Anthony. Yeah, and we played Worcester on the Friday. But that's with the final on a Saturday, when most You're people are going to have the day off work anyway. Yeah. So there was, there was plenty of time for the final. The, the yes, there was. Knots was about May the, but just about my birthday. So around about May the tenth, and the final was on the twenty fifth. Yeah. Um, if you go back to uh, the days of the. CB40 when they had the final at Lords, I think that we we uh, we didn't know until the weekend before that we were going to be in the final mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a league uh, and that was the t famous time when they scheduled the start at three o'clock with a finish uh, which would have come after the last train had left Paddington to go back to Somerset. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is exactly what they're doing with the FA Cup final now. Yeah, it's just, it just you know, just, just I'm afraid it's it's all um, as as um, as you were saying, Steve. I think you know they 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 just want to devalue the the one day cup. Which, considering that the World Cup is played over the fifty over format, is a bit daft. You know, it doesn't seem to make, um, make sense. I mean, the, but against that. I am looking forward to seeing some of the younger players and seeing seeing what they can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think Somerset actually will be very well placed because of the quality of some of the youngsters that we've got. Yes, who you know who can't get into the first team on on uh, a regular basis, and it will give Ollie Sale a chance to redeem himself. <laughs> poor chap, mm. after that nightmare at, uh, at Bristol at the end of the last T Twenty campaign. Can't disagree with you there, Gibbo. It just doesn't sit right, like you say. That it used to be the showpiece end to the to the English domestic season at Lords. I'm showing my age by remembering it being on the BBC Saturday afternoon. It was just a great event, and just to see it almost relegated to this this the status of just another county game on almost mm. on a Thursday up at Trentbridge. I presume it's got to be floodlit if it's on a it's, if it's on a weekday. You know, you've got two a day basically because. I presume that the the semi final is going to be on, or the semi final on the Tuesday will be a floodlit game as well. So that might not finish till half past ten. So you've probably got a day to make all your travel arrangements and book all your hotels 
if you are if your side makes it to the final that's just not Somerset fans that's all the other 17 uh, first class counties with the exception of Nottinghamshire obviously it it just stinks of the county fan being shafted again because we're the ones that turn up year in year out we're the ones who go to this game if it was on Christmas day on the moon do you know what I mean we're the loyal county Mm. fans year in year out but they don't seem to care about us because we're not the ones who are going to... I still think that the 100 is not set in stone because there's been quite a... I think Smith and another Aussie has pulled out already um, and the draft hasn't been done yet, has it? Because Manchester apparently now aren't going to take up the option on Tom Abel. Uh, And I just wonder whether... You know, we all don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic and everything, Mm. but I'm just wondering whether that could fall on its face again because if they don't get the foreign players the overseas stars you're going to end up having to pretty much use most of our first team and most of a lot of other first teams to to populate the competition and i don't see that that is going to be particularly attractive i can i can, I can almost understand the attraction having watched the big bash and having watched the ipl over the winter i can see the attraction of the overseas players and seeing Steve Smith play for the Jacobs Crisp flavour or whatever it is. But if you've not got hardly any overseas players, I think it makes it really, really big, hard sell. Um, and I don't. I think if it doesn't happen this year, it won't happen. They I are, think there'll be a lot of egg on a lot of faces at ECB Towers if, if it ha- doesn't happen. They're conspicuous by their absence, aren't they? The 100 fixtures. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think they might come out to coincide with the draft, though. The draft is the 23rd of February, I think. Um, so maybe they're sort of waiting waiting till then to release the fixtures. Um, but it's weird because there hasn't been much marketing. I remember there was an article on Quick Info before Christmas saying the ECB were going to have a big marketing drive in the new year for mm. the 100. But I haven't seen much. Uh, like, for example, their Twitter account has barely tweeted. It, it, it did one tweet when it did God the first one. And then and, and and all the counties were having to promote, weren't they? Because mm. we were getting, yeah. you know, well, Ben and Somerset were clearly contractually obliged to promote the hundred. I was, yeah, I, I was I, sick, I, sick in my mouth a little bit when we saw that tweet come up saying, "Watch who was it? Watch Roloff and Lewis and who was the other one?" Yeah. Here you are, Somerset member who follows the Somerset Twitter feed or Somerset fan. Three of your favourite players are going to be going off and playing for other teams and you won't be able to watch them. And we as Somerset are promoting that on our social media feeds. How does that make any sense at all? Unless, like you say, they are contractually obliged to do it. I watched watched the Big Bash and I had sort of half a head on looking at... Dan Christian was the case in point. He's basically played for, I think, four of the six different... or the eight different franchises now. And he won it again with Sydney Sixers this year. But there's none of this, very little of this loyalty. If you like, if you like the Hildreth Triscothics of Australian cricket, they don't seem to stay and play now for their, their club. So you've got Chris Lynn, who's been at Brisbane as long as the competition's been running. But all the others seem to move around all the time. And there was quite a bit of bad blood with people who'd moved. Are they... Um, they may be moving their BBL franchises, but are they moving their states? Because they're they're not one hundred percent tied together, are they? No, no, they're not. They're, they're, the franchises are independent. But the, the the other problem this year, of course, was that they 
they played it in blocks in certain places to reduce the travel. So you had a Wednesday evening game, Hobart playing Perth in Sydney or Melbourne or something. And I mean, you can just imagine how how rare the cloud was in there. And, and they were allowed up to 30,000, which was great. Mm. I've got to say, I enjoyed watching the games where they had a crowd in because it was wonderful just to see someone hit a ball and hear a crowd noise. Yeah. But I, I do think that it's it's a different perception in India and Australia with the franchises. And if you're a, you know, let's say Western Australia, because they're probably our nearest sort of likeness in, in Australian cricket, you know, stuck out on the extremities and no one takes much notice of them. And I think they've all got used to their players playing for other um franchises and other French players coming into their franchise. Well, that's the difference with, with the... So it brings us on to Lewis, doesn't it? Because you know I want to talk about Lewis. Well, if I just quickly make my point, Steve, then we'll go on to Lewis. It's it's a slightly different model in Australia and likes of the IPL because they ne- didn't have a T20 competition and their the base that they built from was the True. franchise competition. So, you know, Brisbane Heat aren't Queensland, as you say. The Sydney Sixers and the... Uh, what's the other one? This is Thunder. They aren't New South Wales, so it almost kind of doesn't really matter if you're a, you know, if you're a Tasmanian and you grew up, you know, idolising Ricky Ponting, <laughs> wanting to play for Tasmania, and then oh, I might play a game for the Hobart Hurricanes. All oh, Brisbane Heat are offering me, you know, a, a bigger contract. It almost doesn't matter as much, and I think it'll probably be the same with a hundred. Like I say, Tom Abel's not going to have any loyalty to the Manchester Originals. Joffrey Archer's got no. You know, it wasn't his boyhood dream to play for Southern Brave, you know, and Tom Banton and the Hula Hoops. No. But, go out, it would have been Tom Abel's dream probably to open the banner with Trez for Somerset. And likewise, with, all, with you know, all these young players that are coming up playing for Somerset, they want to play for Somerset in T20s one day is, and the four-day game. And there is a loyalty there. You know, it, it would not have been easy for Jamie Overton and, and Don Bess to decide to leave Taunton last year, but... They did it, you know, possibly for the uh, for the right reasons. But if it was Don Best deciding to leave Hula Hoops to go and play for Skips, no problem at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But that's exactly what I'm saying with Dan Christian. He doesn't, you know, I don't, I'm pleased I'm not criticising Dan Christian. I've got a lot of admiration for him and he still made match-winning contributions in quite a few of the games. But, you know, you, you could almost probably, he could probably put nearly every shirt on the wall in his, <laughs> trophy room or something now because you know he's he's been around a lot of them but ultimately guys money talks doesn't it and absolutely if, you know i'm not going to criticize tom abel if somebody says you know 100 grand for three weeks work or something good luck to the guy he deserves it for the talent he's got absolutely should we move on to lewis then steve yeah i'm do you know what i, I read an article in i think it was the guardian last week sort of being a bit snobby about it and I've got a completely contrary view, which you all might disagree with. I reckon Lewis is going to come back to Somerset, a even better player. I was going to say a lot better player, but that's not fair. An even better player. Because actually, although he didn't bowl that much, he made quite a few important contributions. He stayed in the side throughout. Um, and they got quite close. They got to what's if that's a weird system they had there. But they, got to the, so yeah, they got to the semi, didn't they? And then lost to Perth in the semi. Yeah, um, but they had they finished fourth and then had to beat the fifth team and then beat the third team and that 
route, so it's the toughest route. So Lewis would have been well at home with that because that's what Summers have to do every time. <laughs> but I was, I was really, his body language was really good. Yeah, he did have a couple of shocking overs, but then pretty much everyone else had some shocking overs. You know, even the Aussie Test players when they came back in weren't covering themselves in glory. Um, and I, I'm really pleased with him. And I think he'll feel that he now belongs at the level with those international players. He certainly outperformed Denley, in my opinion, who was also who was Tom Banton's replacement. Um, and I think you've got to remember, in defence of all the English players, you know, James Levitz and Liam Livingstone were the two standouts. Uh, Vince got 98-95 in the last two games he played. But you've got to understand that they'd gone over there and been stuck in quarantine for two weeks and then effectively living without any contact at all, which is what stopped Tom Banton going. So with all those circumstances, I think you've got to give him big credit. And Lewis hasn't played much cricket in Australia, and certainly not at that level before. So I think we're going to see a much more confident Lewis Gregory because I do sense that he doesn't actually realise how good he is. Oh. <laughs> not sure about that. <laughs> um, I was very worried about the way he bowled. Um, he was very, he picked up was it three wickets in the first well, one of the early games, mm-hmm. and he was going for he was going at twelve and a half and over. I dread to think what his economy rate was. And in the last match, he, he wasn't bowled at all. <laughs> a batsman, uh, pure and simple. And he, and he did pr- he did pretty well with the bat. But his bowling, which has been such a weapon for Somerset in all forms over the last 10 years or so, really seemed to have gone backwards. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he bowled one or two quite extraordinary. There was a <laughs> beamer that went over the batsman's head and one that, one, an attempted slower ball that went wide of gully. I mean, it was just, it was it was a bit bizarre and it, it worried me a bit. And I just wonder again how fit he is, um, you know, how fit he is to bowl with the mm-hmm. uh, chronic back problem that that that, uh, that he's got. But he just, he just didn't seem to have much of a plan when he was running into bowl. He didn't, and if he did have a plan, he, he didn't execute it. Um, and it, you know, it takes me back to that last over in the T20 against Gloucester at Bristol, when he, you know, when he should have bowled it, and he mm-hmm. did, and he gave it to Ollie Say. And I just wonder whether he, he's lost a bit of confidence in his bowling um, in, uh, in white white ball cricket. He is an extraordinarily talented cricketer who just just hasn't quite made the most of his potential. And whenever he's had the really big chance, the big stage, you know, when he's been fit for England or when he's in a semi-final for, for Brisbane, he, he doesn't quite seem to mm-hmm. come off, if you see what I mean. Mm. And, I, and I think it's a sh- I've, I've thought the world of Lewis Gregory ever since I saw him take four wickets against Pakistan in 2009 when he was 17, when we played him in a, a three-day match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, what what a t- tremendous young cricketer! Uh, and then he had the, you know, he, he was made to bowl too fast. He got the, got the back injury. His batting, you know, he he looks he bat like a god for ten overs and then give it away with a you know a mindless tr- attempt to hit down hit down the ground. So I hope he comes. I'm you know I hear what you say and I hope he comes. I'm back confident he will get back. Certainly very. He was certainly very well liked and respected in that Brisbane Heat 
he, he was. You could see that, couldn't you? Media players, and he played played for them all the way through. Uh, and you know, I I really hope he's he's got probably another what five years, I suppose, to fulfil his potential. Mm -hmm. And I I really hope he does. He's he's a he's a lovely bloke, uh, and a, and a and a fine cricketer who just needs that little extra something to. Uh, Really to, 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 but I think coming back to Jace and Steve Kirby and Jack Brooks as, around him as well, I think being back in Taunton, I, I absolutely think he'll flourish. He'll, he'll be better for the experience is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But didn't he have a fantastic season in 2019, though, in the county championship? Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, you know, the, the wickets he took, what, what did he, what did he, the wickets he took, they, they went, he was picking them up at about 15 runs a wicket. Yeah. So, uh, and I think it was one every six or seven overs. Some yeah. strike weight was phenomenal as well, wasn't it? You finished that, guys? <laughs> I felt a bit like a spare tire there, Dad. That mean? <laughs> Stephen Anthony. <Gilles. laughs> We've had a lovely time. Lovely, Ian, lovely yeah. in-depth conversation about Lewis. We do hope Lewis uh, comes. Well. I'd like to say, I just wonder if he's if they don't rate his bowling at England's um, when he's playing T20s for England. Because do you remember when he first played that batch of five when they rested? It was virtually the second team. They rested half the, the World Cup team. He sort of batted eight and, and didn't bowl at all, did he? So, I think Lewis is seen as a finisher in T20 cricket now. He's batting is his stronger suit. His bowling is okay, but he's. I think at, at international level, he's a sixth bowler. Really, I don't think you want to rely on him to bowl four overs. You know, his 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 bowling in T20 hasn't been brilliant in the last few years. It's been his batting which has really propelled him into playing for franchises, playing for England. Um, so I think that's that's what England see him as, sort of a number seven. And obviously he's not done much in international cricket yet. So hopefully he does, you know, he needs to get some more chances because he's not been picked in those T20s against India coming up. No. So you wonder what point they're going to give him another chance, if ever, to uh, think he's a show his finishing way, skills. I think he's a long way down at the moment. I have to have the a special year this year because I, I can't see him breaking into the side this winter with, with the World Cup coming out. I think they will stick with what they know there. So his his opportunity is going to sort of be next year, you'd have thought, as if they want to build for the the subsequent mm -hmm. World T20 after that. A couple of other guys who've been enjoying themselves overseas, uh, Tom Banton and Tom Abel, over in the wonderful Abu Dhabi T10. Give us giving me a wry smile down the yeah, camera. No, no, Tom, Tom, he didn't get much of a chance with the bat. Um, I don't know how many innings he had because I, I I did actually watch some of this just to see what it was like. I call it trash cricket. It's enjoyable trash cricket to well, a certain extent. Well, I, don't, I don't know, it, but but um, he did bowl very very well. He he was given the the, the last over, the tenth over. Mm. For the uh, for the Delhi Bulls against the Deccan Chargers, I think it was, or someone like that. Anyway, uh, and he and he, he picked up a wicket, went went for three runs, mm. I think, and he he looked to have. But the commentators were saying this: he, he had a, a variety of slower balls. He was he was um, bowling. He, he bowled a sort of slower leg cutter, rolling his fingers across across the ball, and he really looked as if he knew what he was doing. Mm. And it struck me that here we, you know, we've got the T20 coming up, and Tom Abel has turned himself into a pretty good T20 batsman. It looks to me as if he's turned himself into a pretty useful T20 bowler as well, and he could be a very, very useful weapon. 
for Somerset, judging by judging by the way he bowled. You know, under some pressure on flat pitches, mm. short boundaries, batsmen with enormous bats and big big muscles. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're really selling it to me. I yeah. tell you, <laughs> well, it's finished now for for this year, Steve. So thank God. Oh no, damn! I've missed it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Graham's Graham Swan, my favourite commentator. Did you see that tweet he put out? After the tournament had finished, so he he can't come back home Quite to enough. England because he then can't go back out to India to work because of the COVID rules. So he, he just tweets himself a picture of himself with his shit-eating grin, holding up a a glass of Pinot. Oh, just enjoyed some lovely sea bream out here at the Abu Dhabi luxury resort complex or whatever it was, and the replies are just absolutely golden. Go and look it up. It, it's. <laughs> I always knew you were a he's bit a, of a twat, Swanee, but I didn't think you were this much of a twat, was the general word. He's, he's an acquired taste, isn't he? He is. Uh, yes. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, TMS dropped him like a stone a couple of years ago. I think he had a very short shelf life there. So, Yeah, it wasn't... It was, I'd never worked with him, but it'd be fun to work with. I bet. I, I yeah. think you say he's, he's a bit of an acquired taste. Wasn't there a story about his first day at the academy... Out in Australia, he got drunk and called Rod Marsh a effing C in jest, which right. went down like a lead balloon with Rod Marsh. It's in it. Oh my goodness! It's in, it's in Swanies, but he was doing a few laps of the Oval for several weeks after that. Yeah, right. Was, uh, okay. Yeah, working on his fitness. <laughs> yeah, working on his fitness. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, like you say, Gibber, it's just absolute. It's it's if T twenties fast food. I don't quite know what T. The Abu Dhabi T tennis. It's something beyond fast food that's kind of it's all like heroin or Tofu suppose, isn't it? cricket, it's Ian. Tofu, crack cocaine tofu cricket. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, I was being simultaneously terrible at the same time. I love it. But yeah, like back to the serious stuff. Like you say, Abe's did how often did he bowl in the in the Bob Willis last season? Hardly at all, was it? Because obviously you can't kind of get yourself yeah, on above the the guy the four the four prong pace attack that that were blowing people away for you know seventy and eighty yeah. week. There wasn't week many out. options we needed in, was there? No, it's it's ideal. Just stand there at cover and just swap them around here and there. I don't think he bowled at all in the T twenties, did he? No. He did. He bowled two ball. No, well, oh, he completed that over when. No, no, no. He started an over and he didn't finish it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm, I think Ollie Sale finished the over. Well, was that that's the... right because he bowled two beamers. Two beamers. That was yeah. right. Yeah, that's it. He's always been. Well, must, must have been a wet ball. Don't get much of a wet ball out in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Coached but, by George Bartlett, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> There's worse people. There's worse people. But the big Somerset name, who's been doing the business overseas um, for England over the last uh, six weeks or so, is Jack Leach. What an up and down game he had last week. That first test in uh, Chennai. How much of that did you guys see? And also, what did you think of cricket being back on free-to-air terrestrial TV? Free-to-air is great, isn't it? I mean, I think it's it's wonderful. It just it just makes a difference. There's something different about knowing it's on free-to-air. I'm lucky enough to have Sky, so, um, you know. But I think the fact that the wider cricket audience will now, now have seen Jack Leach because, you know, we've got to accept that outside of the Somerset and people who had a Sky subscription, not many people would have seen him. Um, you know, you can do to death his character, We, you know, everything he's come through. What I 
love most about him is that it's just externally you don't really see any difference inside that during that assault he must have been absolutely churning but you could tell root has confidence in him um and also you know going to sri lanka for him and on best where they haven't played for a year almost mm. any proper middle out cricket yeah, jack especially incredibly difficult incredibly difficult um and he, there was the, the sort of less, let's just be polite and say the less illuminated commentators in written and spoken press were saying things like, oh, why have Somerset let go of, let go of best when he's clearly the better bowler? <laughs> and then Leach comes back and just proves yet again, you know. And I think, again, I saw in the press that Jack Leach has become England's fourth innings closer. Yeah. Well, mm. yeah. And... and it just proves that he can do it on any surface and you know all those people who've been giving us down the banks as they say in this part of the world about the pitches we've prepared guess what now the two be two best prepared bowlers go to india and they bowl England to victory as they've done in sri lanka well what do you know yeah. Certain former England yeah. captain changed his tune on that, didn't he? I, I love it. There's always a tweet with Michael Vaughan, wasn't there? What was the, the tweet? I think it was. It was. Uh, it might be the. I can find it. As soon as Vaughan, as soon as as soon as Vaughan did that tweet, it, within seconds, I remembered that exact tweet from yeah. the Lancashire tie in 2018, <laughs> where he moaned about the pitch, saying, "Oh, this can't be a pitch that was prepared for four days." Uh, this mm. was like when this was during day one, 15 yeah. wickets have fallen, and he was moaning about it. 55 overs gone at Taunton, 15 wickets fallen. You can't tell me that's a pitch prepared for four, de four days and four exclamation marks. Hashtag just saying. And that was, but and then the other day he tweeted, "Great work, Somerset, producing spinning wickets <laughs> over the years." A couple of England spinners. So, so we stick Michael yeah. Vaughan in our commentary room 101 along with Graham Swan. He's, he he actually is a parody of himself now, isn't he, on social media? This doesn't, he, you don't need a parody account because he does it for himself. But, but you know, I, I've obviously, uh, even though I don't play for them anymore, Talton Dean's my boyhood club and, you know, still keep in touch through social media and that. So Jack Leach was somebody that I've been aware of for a long time. I just, everything the guy has been through, you know, it just... Uh, you just have to admire his resilience. I mean, uh, you know, the incident which led to Don Best making his debut when he broke his thumb or his hand at Taunton with throwdowns, you know, just things like that happen and he just gets up, sorts it out and comes back. I just, oh, it just makes me so proud that he's one of ours. I can't can't say enough. And, you know, it, when you're watching Somerset players playing in the Big Bash or playing a test match, I still get that same nerves. I was nervous watching Lewis, and I'm nervous watching Jack and Dom playing for England. But it just... I, I think I'm more nervous than he is. I think he's just got... He must have ice in those veins. There's, there's something very steely, isn't there, about him? Just he's getting a better... Don't you think he's becoming a better bowler? Yes. I, I think Jeetan Patel's having an effect on him. Second innings. I mean, he, you know, he's always been a really good operator on a turning pitch, which is giving him giving him a lot of lot of help against batsmen who are you know not quite out of the top draw. And he, you know, he's bowled Somerset to victory umpteen times in fourth innings on on Taunton pitches because he's he's so accurate, relentless, and if there is something there, he will he will get it. But 
What he hasn't been so good at is taking wickets on decent pitches where the ball isn't doing quite so much. He's, he's lacked the variation. Um, <coughs> the, he doesn't quite get the dip sometimes. Uh, his pace isn't quite right. I, but I thought, I think over the last few games, he's really come on uh, as, as an off spinner. He's a, a slow left armor. He's a much better bowler now than I think he was um, was certainly at the end of last season at Lords, he didn't bowl very well at all, and he had the chance to bowl some set of victory in the fourth. Mm-hmm. You know, he did had all of the all of the health problems, and he hardly bowled at all for months and months and months. And I, I think he's not only come through all of those trials and tribulations, and uh, you know, with his head held high, and, and, and uh, you know, he's such a wonderful bloke. But I honestly think he's a, a better bowler now. And it would be interesting, I think, if they pick Moeen Ali rather than Don Best for the next Test match, which is being interesting to compare Jack Leach against Moeen Ali. Because certainly three, four years ago, Moeen was a better bowler, a better spinner than Jack Leach. wouldn't surprise me at all now if the boot is on the other foot and that Jack Leach has overtaken Moeen as the, uh, <clears throat> as the best English qualified spinner. I think Moen always has had a better record when he's the second spinner. I think he feels the pressure a bit less when he's in the subcontinent with lots of elite or Rashid in years gone by. I think where where Mo doesn't do as well is is when he's that sole spinner. But completely agree with you. Much improved, good bowler. Yeah, Um, I completely agree with you guys about Leach. I think there's a touch of the. If you remember the age of David Steele was about in the bank clock that went to war, he's just got such guts and mm-hmm. just such strength of character from such an unassuming sort of modest guy. You look, you look at what he's been through in the last sort of three or four years. Like you say, the sepsis in South Africa, where he says his own words, "I thought I was going to die." Like you say, just getting into the England team, then getting that hand injury, losing his place to Bess, all the remedial work he had to go through with his action, not probably yeah. not knowing if you're going to play again if you can't sort it out, let alone be as good a bowler as you were before it was as picked up. Um, Headingly with Ben Stokes, um, and now coming back after, you know, Pant gave him that cloth in, eight overs for 80. Root, like you say, Gibbo, good captaincy. Steve, you know, he's got the confidence in him. As soon as Pant was out, he's straight back on, then he bowled like 10 overs for 20 or something like that, wasn't it? It was just incredible. It just keeps his head. He's got to be what? He's got a great sense of humour, Jack, and I think that, that must have served him pretty well over the last four or five, four or five years of his uh, misfortunes. But he's, you know, he's come on in all three departments, hasn't he? coming back stronger than ever, you know. Definitely. Great, yeah. great I mean, uh, he took that wonderful catch off Bassett, sort of mm. deep, wide mid-wicket running in and round, which... You know, that, that's a catch that Tom Abel would snaffle every time and Don Best would snaffle most times. But there's a lot of first-class cricketers who wouldn't have got there and he made it look relatively easy, I think. And he's batting, you know, he's, he's no rabbit anymore. He's, he's batting above Archer. Bat. Archer looked like he didn't know which end of the bat to hold in the last game. He just It brought a tear to my eye and a smile to my face to see Jack dancing down the, the track and bopping their spinner yeah. over <laughs> mid-off. Yeah. It was glorious. I know. I know. Tom Lamon beat your heart, eh? <laughs> One thing that I think... Could you try again? 
Oh, sorry, that was my Siri just going off then. I don't know why that happened. One thing that I think could benefit Jack as well this season is while he was getting that under that onslaught from Pan, I think the fact that he hasn't played a lot of white ball cricket meant he didn't have those those variations and that experience to draw on to kind of counter that onslaught. Well, I think with... I can't see him getting signed up for a 100 team. So I think playing... Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen him play white ball cricket. Well, I put out a tweet because it's... Yeah, his last... Go on, Dan. His last game for Somerset in 50 over cricket was 2015. Yeah. Um, he played a few games that season. Um, he's played a bit with the Lions since, but that's it. I think 2016 was his last white ball game, so it's been a while. Yeah, because um, Max Waller did that marvellous drawing of him, um, and they sort of put up Somerset teammates, um, Max Waller and Jack Leach, and I thought, have they actually ever played together? And then, uh, yeah... Um, Somebody found the game and it was a it was a loss to Gloucester. So that's um, hopefully yeah. Jack can come back and play a bit of white ball cricket, just develop that aspect to his game as well, just to make himself. Well, um, you, going back to the Royal London guys, you can see that he might well play in that competition. Yeah, if he's not picked for England, he'll yeah, exactly have a chance yeah. of playing. Yeah, because we, we, Royal is in the hundred. Only other spinner will be Goldsworthy. Goldsworthy will probably play, but I think it Leach. Might was might play as well. Two, there won't be any, there won't be any England games during the hundred, will there? I think there's test there. There's test matches during the hundred. Yeah, the um, the India series is during the hundred. Are you sure? Because I thought oh, like, okay. they, they're advertising that's, that's like because they're advertising like Stokes and Archer yeah, but, and Root. Uh, but remember, yeah, yeah they're, they're associated like, with yeah. the franchises. They're oh, not associated with. It's possibly a bit misleading. Depending on how I don't know how they're marking it, but yeah, I think um, they might. England Test players might be available at the start of the hundred. Um, just looking at the schedule, um, but that'll be it. Possibly the final because that's between tests, so they might be available a little bit. And obviously, the, the one day players will be available, so that's mm. that's something for them. Um, but yeah, the Test players won't be available. But so if Bleach is picked for the tests. Uh, yeah, he probably wouldn't play much 50. But if he isn't picked, mm. then I think he'll get some games, yeah, which, be, which would be nice. Mm. And of course, signed mm. a contract extension. Um, chaps, I don't know about you, but I'm very disappointed <laughs> I, I didn't get the nod to do a, one of those announcements. I, that I can't on believe YouTube. the four of us haven't all done one yet. I'm just uh, astonished. Just astonished. Well, I mean, Anthony should have done the first one. <laughs> you know, I mean... I think yeah, tra tractor, tractor, it was either us or Tractor does all of them, I think, but... Um, I actually the day before the Tom Lamanby one came out, I actually recorded a, a, a fake one saying Tom Lamanby's re-signed until twenty twenty three and sent it to a couple of mates, and they were like, "Oh wow!" And I said, "Like," <laughs> and then lo and behold, Psychic Shepherd Lamanby signs uh, re-signs until two thousand and twenty three. <laughs> Dan's, are you are you nursing uh, sort of trepidation that that Eddie Byram hasn't hasn't put pen to paper yet? There were rumours that he was... Oh, yeah, I was certainly surprised. I thought, well, I think they're probably waiting to see how he goes this season. But um, because he's he's even, he had that 100 in the Bob Willis final, but maybe he's not done quite enough to earn a definite contract extension yet. But I'm hoping that he'll have a reasonable season and uh, halfway through the season, he'll have done well enough to be given a new contract. But no, have you, checked, have you checked your junk mailbox in case Somerset have emailed you and asked if you're available to do the announcement because they haven't heard? 
That's true. I'll have to double check that. No, my, Number my, one super fan. <laughs> I'm just checking mine up. Mine is um, all about supplements and um, various other. Um, yeah, let's not go nefarious, there. Nefarious. Uh, and Bitcoin. Absolutely. I love a bit of Bitcoin. We'll leave that there. Delete all. Yeah, but again, Somerset thinking outside the box with their social media. Um, getting the fans involved again you know we talked at the, the golden apples last year about that um, sort of nebulous category of why I love Somerset and, and that's another tick in the box for Ben Warren and the guys isn't it I want to, why we love Somerset I've been thinking about this and I, my son lives in Skipton now so I've got to accept that my grandkids are going to go up grow up being eligible to play for Yorkshire under the old criteria and all that but I've been thinking about this and i've got this thing about yorkshire people and i've got a lot of time for a lot of yorkshire people so i'm going to print that but i do like to poke fun at them and i think they they feel the need to put yorkshire in front of things um like pudding and tea you know and there's a there's a certain well-known brand of tea from minehead that i drink a lot um and it's not miles somerset tea it's and they can sponsor me if they want i'm quite happy to accept a gift there but uh, and coffee by the way but i think we should make a push on at somerset fans to actually identify more with our county i know it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but you know i i can guarantee you that the first time don best does anything this summer he'll be yorkshire's don best <laughs> he's devon devon's don best devon's a whole lot of people in Somerset don't know what the county is. You know, they, they imagine it's it's what Somerset County Council calls one Somerset, which is, misses off the top third of, of, of the county. <laughs> and I'd love to see a campaign to reunite Somerset, get Somerset back as Somerset should be, from the River Avon down to the other end of Exmoor mm -hmm. and all parts in between. And I say that as a Devonian. So we are now, if my maths is correct, 55 days away from the start of the county championship up at Lords. Um, Gibbo, I guess you will you will, will be there. I don't know. Hope so. Gut feeling? Do you think fans will be allowed in in, in any sort of capacity by then? It'd be uh, nice. I, I think it's more likely to be May than than April, judging by the sort of government. I mean, they're talking about clubs opening in May. Um, I'm not one of the pessimists who, who <laughs> say, oh, there won't be any crowds and any cricket matches for the whole summer. I don't see there's any logic to that at all. When you see, you know, the test match coming up in India, they're going to have 15,000 people there mm -hmm. and they've got more COVID in India than, than we've got here and cases are going down and vaccinations going up and all the rest of it. So I think there will be crowds, maybe socially distanced crowds, but that shouldn't be too much of a problem in the county <laughs> championship cricket and a lot of guys um, it wouldn't be maybe at Taunton especially when you've got a whole membership clamouring yeah, to get back in for that first game absolutely the, I think the 15th you know, of April now yeah when the crowds are allowed back in at Taunton will be a great day and, and mm. there'll be thousands and thousands of people wanting to uh, to be there but you know, the, the, the sooner the better but Cricket without cricket without crowds is is it's still cricket, and the players, particularly Somerset, still take it really seriously. Uh, and you know, last last year without the crowds, they still played their hearts out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although that couldn't be said of all of the counties, I think it would be fair to say. One, one or two of them, uh, you know, they just didn't seem to be motivated to give it everything they've got. But um, oh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think we've got a great chance again. Um, you know, we've got a really, really st strong squad of, of, of players, some, some brilliant younger players. Hopefully we won't get to, we won't lose Jack Leach too much to uh, to England. And we won't miss um, Jamie Overton and Don Bess too badly. I'm, you know, I'm very sorry that, that we didn't manage to keep all the Don Bess, fair enough. But I think, you know, Jamie Overton's a force of nature. Um, and it was just a, a real shame that, that uh, we couldn't keep him. But, you know, that's a part. I think um, everything's looking pretty good for... Um, the Somerset season ahead. I think more so maybe in the championship than in one day cricket. <laughs> How much Tom Banson is able to play? Well, he, he wants, uh, there was murmurs that he wants to um, take his chances getting into the Red Bull team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's not entered the IPL auction. And I think that's confirmed now. He's not gone into the IPL auction. So uh, he'll be around for the April and May, which will be interesting, and create a bit of a selection dilemma, I think, for uh, who gets... And make John Cleese very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the one, isn't it, you wanted to see, Dan, wasn't it? John Cleese announcing... Uh... He should have announced the Banton extension, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. He's, he's on Cameo, and it's 250 quid, or it's 300 <laughs> quid a pop for John Cleese on Cameo, so maybe... maybe I'll, I'll we could wind him up. Yeah, we'll all chip in, uh, yeah. chip in 75 quid each. But um, yeah, I mean, you've you've talked about wanting to have him opening the batting, Steve. I'm I'm just thinking about Jason Roy and the nightmare that he had opening the batting in Test cricket to kind of push that one to the to the back burner. But if he is available for that those you know first block of championship games, where does he bat? I think he might. Yeah, but instead of who. And mm. my answer to that is possibly Steve Davis, as much as I love Steve. Mm. But I just don't see who else can drop out. Possibly Bartlett. Um, but no, Bartlett, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah no. exactly. It's a good young player and he's the future, unlike Steve, who's a bit older. who's a top player, but he's not the future. And I back Banton to do as well as Steve with the bat. He wouldn't be as good with the gloves. I'd like to see yeah. Tom Abel opening the batting. I know I always, always say it, but that to me is, is where, where he should be batting. Tom opening the batting with uh, with Tom Lamanby. Uh, Isn't that a function of him getting comf more comfortable with the captaincy now, Anthony? And that might be a possibility when it wasn't before. Yeah, I mean, he was under a lot of pressure when he took over the captaincy. You know, he lost he lost form, and and uh, and it was it was all very difficult. And he had to, you know, he had to drop down the order, and that was the right thing to do at the time. But I still think, if, you know, if he's ever going to play for England, it will be as an opening batsman. That's where the that's where the, the, the vacancies are. He's got he's got the technique to open the innings all through his schoolboy career. He was no opening batsman, and that to me is where he should be batting. Because you know, Ben Green, with the best will in the world, is not an opening batsman. No. He's no, he's a he's a decent all rounder who should be coming in at sort of seven or eight, somewhere mm -hmm. uh, like that. And and um, Lamanby having proved himself i think lamon be unable an, and then you um you know you've got you've got your hildress and your bantons and your george bartlett i think is a tremendously talented cricketer mm. and uh, steve davis you know number six gregory at seven 
you know, it's a, it's a Craig Overton at eight. You know, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic looking batting lineup. And, if, and if, if Abel bowls a bit more, as I think we all want him to, you could almost push that six, seven, eight down one. Yeah, you could. Davis at seven, Gregory at eight, and Craig at nine is, is terrifying to opposition, I should think. Yeah, and then and then Brooks and Leach. Absolutely. Or Marchant, of course. Absolutely. Indeed, Marchant will have to play, won't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure yeah. about that. You know, him, Do you think he's been signed for the T20s primarily? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think they've 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 signed him as a you know as, as genuinely so, quick bowler. Yeah, sort of a close as close as a like for like replacement you can, you could get for for Jamie Overton that there is sort of around the circuit, really, isn't there? Um, and. As an overseas player, he's someone who I think he lives here now, doesn't he? He's sort of st stable. So as opposed yeah. to an overseas player, he might come in for eight matches and maybe get delayed because of COVID or something, and then you know the, all the plans get messed up. Whereas Delanga, there's certainty I think there as well. That's probably another factor. This is the point where I put my Matty Renshaw flag back up above <laughs> the parapet, isn't it? Just to congest the batting order even more. Then. Well, I think yeah. in any other year. In any other year, I think he'd probably be, or he, or someone of his ilk would be on the plane over. But I think the overseas, the overseas <laughs> players' market has kind of gone the way of the US stock market in the last few days with all the the runs that they had on GameStop and all that nonsense. And it's just kind of dried up now because I don't think anybody mm. can um, put any eggs in any baskets because of the uncertainty with COVID. So mm. I think it is what we've got at the moment. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of reason for hope and optimism, and I'm I'm actually a little bit more optimistic about the white ball this season. I, I don't know why. I've probably got no ration Al, I can give you at the moment. I just I've got a feeling that maybe we could have a really good run at the T20 this year. I think we're on for the quadruple, guys. That's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we need to take the T20 a bit more seriously than we did last year. Using it as a sort of um, mm. testing ground for, for young young cricketers, um, which yeah. you know very commendable. But you know we the last last over in the last match when you need to keep keep the runs down to below whatever it was fourteen mm. in order to qualify for finals days. You know it's not the time to be experimenting with a, someone who you reckon might be a death bowler in the future. <laughs> He'll learn from the experience, Gibbo. Learn from the experience. I think we'll 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 reap a bit of dividend with Lewis Goldsworthy and Will Smead, though, because I think that little bit of experience Smead had and a bit more Lewis had will all start paying dividends fairly soon. I don't see Will Smead as a T Twenty batsman. No, but I, I can see him batting high up in the championship. Yeah, yeah. So can I, but I don't think he should be thrown into T Twenty cricket. Start slogging it around. Mm. It, you know. I think to I be think fair, yeah, but it, it was the only form of cricket that you would have played last year, though, unless we had a you know a massive run of injuries in the in the in the Bob Willis Trophy. I think you know there's a, I think it was just there's a space we like you off you go. I just uh, it just just what he's a very very talented batsman, Will Smith. And it would be a shame to spoil it mm -hmm. um, by by making him you know by trying to turn him into a slogger. You'd want him to develop like Tom Abel has, wouldn't you? Be, be a red exactly. ball player and then develop a white ball game as opposed yeah. to yeah. build but back but the other way. You've got that grooved technique 
to which will you know enable you to make runs in in, in mm. Red Bull. Tom Abel and Joss Butler. I mean, are other cases in point. You could argue that Joss was was spoiled as a batsman by all the white ball stuff. Uh, he's he's played. You can almost see him being in two minds as the ball's coming down as to whether you know to whack it over the top and mid wicket or to play it play it play it with a straight straight bat. And Tom Banton as well, who's had plenty of chances in red ball cricket for Somerset season before last um, in in uh, twenty nineteen. He was batting four or five. Never mm -hmm. uh, only he hasn't got a hundred yet in um, red ball cricket. I don't think. Um, and again, it, it just. They just don't know. They haven't got this sort of grooved technique. Um, they're they're um, caught in two minds too often, and I'd hate to see Will Smead go go the same way. Give him the chance, you know. Bring him bring him on into red ball cricket. Give him the chance there. Let him develop that, and then throw him into uh, into T Twenty. Well, when we next convene, then chaps, shall we? Each bring with us our team for the opening county championship game up at Lords, but you have to include Tom mm -hmm. Banton in there somewhere. There's my little challenge for you guys. You've got oh, to fit Tom Banton in there somewhere. Okay, I already know it. I think my team. <laughs> well, don't spoil the surprise, Dan. Gents, do we have any other one business? Final thought. Wasn't that a lovely photograph of Joss Butler and uh, Jack Leach? It was. Yeah. Yes. Two, two, two Somerset boys, you know. Yeah, just lovely. It always brings a, a smile to your face when it's caught Butler bold leech in the scorebook for England. Gents, I think we've uh, we should call that a night for tonight. Uh, I think we'll reconvene in a in a few weeks or so, possibly equidistant between now uh, and April the eighth, when we hopefully will have some fantastic news that the COVID vaccine program has uh, been a roaring success, and we're all. Uh, and we're all allowed back into to ground. So, uh, yeah, for Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom and Anthony Gibson, I'm Ian Shepherd. Thanks very much for listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at Somerset Podcast. We're facebook.com slash Somerset Podcast. And if you want to drop us an email, we are the Somerset Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs>